Hello and welcome, Not About Us, Not About Us friends, family. Um, today we're going to do a Revelation podcast study. Uh, this is one of those ones discussing the appearance of Jesus in his glorified state um, as the mighty judge, as seen by John. Um, but let's go ahead and get started. As always, I'm Brad. And I'm Scott. And this is Not About Us. So today we're looking at uh, verse 15 in chapter 1. Um, this podcast is continuing my thoughts and study notes on the appearance of Jesus as seen and described by John. Now remind me, it's been a while. Yeah. Are we still in 15? Did you start 15 last time and we're still there? Or is this, are you starting a new verse? We're starting a new verse. Okay. And to be honest with uh, everyone, um, I was going to mention this at the end, but uh, there will actually be one more podcast. I've been saying multiple times this would be a three-part <laughs> podcast, and I'm so sorry that I'm going to continue to be a liar, <laughs> uh, but it's just one of those things. I'm not a very good judge at, to be honest with you, I thought this verse, like the later half to, half of it, um, it was going to repeat some of the stuff we had already talked about in a previous one as far as the voice, <clears throat> Okay. and so I didn't think that was going to be enough, so I originally was going to do 15 and 16 in this one verse 15 and 16, and then as I got towards the end of it, I looked at it, I'm like, that's probably about an hour. So 16 will get its own podcast, <laughs> which is probably for the better anyway. Um, you know you're not allowed to do two verses in the same podcast. I, I know. That would, <laughs> that would just be weird. <laughs> um, but my goal for this is, for this series of podcasts discussing the appearance has always just been to try to paint a picture in in my head and and I want I want everyone to be able to do the same thing too and I'm hope that I am able to express that uh, so that you're seeing the picture um, as well but as always this is also a personal endeavor to know my savior even better too so my goal is to is to paint that picture in my head and to try to understand uh, John even the emotions and and the thoughts that would be going through a human seeing you know full vision of the glorified coming judge and all of his righteousness and glory and just and I mean that's a huge thing to try to try to figure out so that's why yeah. I've been trying to 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 look at each of these words um, a lot of this is my thoughts my own personal thoughts and so I apologize if People are hoping for a more concrete conclusion to things, but uh, I, I don't have it because I'm, I'm like you. I'm also just a, a pilgrim trying to, to figure out what's going on and, 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 and like I said, get to know Jesus even better. Um, but I think that the moment right here, right now, uh, that John is describing and the moment shortly after when he falls down as if dead, uh, this is an incredible moment in human history. I mean, absolutely incredible moment. Yeah. And so I just don't ever want to lose that importance of that either. So, um, but I, and, and of course, it's an incredible and important moment that can help us learn more about our mighty Savior. Um, but all of that aside, before we continue, it is very important that we invite who this is all about in. Because he's the only one that can help us with this unveiling, unraveling. Start the prayer and, and the invitation. Absolutely. Hallelujah. 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 Yahweh, Yahweh God, we just, we thank you and we praise you. We lift you up. Yes. And we say, <clears throat> we want you to be the light that shines today. Yes. This is not about us. It's about you. And whatever is us, let it just fade away and, and blow away like dust in the wind. Whatever's you, let it be fixed and permanent in our hearts. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Yahweh God, we just glorify you and lift you up and give you the microphone today. Yes. 
We give you the space. We give you the place. We give you our hearts. We give you the stage, Yahweh God. Let every listener, let every viewer, let the friends and family out there and in here come and meet you today. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Yahweh God. That's, uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. As simple as that. We just praise you. We thank you. We invite you in. Thank you. You have your way. Hallelujah. Yes. So be it. Thank you, Scott. Oh, always. <laughs> I my notes here. I still have 16, as I was going to read to you, as if that was going to happen. <laughs> um, so, well, you can read them both. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll keep us on 15. All I'm right. going to give 16 the glory it deserves uh, next time. Um, but the verse that we're looking at today in King James Version reads, And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. I'm just realizing I'm going to put my computer here because if the microphone's there, it might be muffled. Okay. So since it had been a little while since I had sat down and done a Revelation study, uh, I want to read all the verses of his appearance and remember all the things that I've considered so far uh, in a condensed version. So this time I'm going to read from my Institute from Scripture Research version. This is Revelation 12 through 16. And I turned to see the voice which spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the son of Adam, dressed in a robe down to the feet, and girded about the chest with a golden band. And his head and hair were white as white wool as snow, and his eyes as a flame of fire, and his feet like burnished brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. So I want to just have that image in our head. I want you can go back and listen to the other podcasts for all of the notes and thoughts that I had, but I'm trying to just keep that image in our head as we continue on to what the first thing that stood out to me today. And the first thing this time it, it mentions his feet, and and they're described as if they were like burnished brass. So I started by looking this one up, and I looked. I started this one. Usually I go right to Strong's Concordance, but for some reason I decided to just look this up in English. I know what burnished meant, but I still thought it might be interesting to see what an actual definition of that was. It's a word I've never considered before. Yeah, we don't use it that often. Yeah. Not, yeah. So uh, to uh, the English-speaking dictionary, uh, the first meaning is to make smooth or glossy by rubbing and polishing. And the second is to rub with a tool that serves especially to smooth or polish. And the third is to improve or to make more impressive. And so while I was looking that up, I found the first result. Uh, sorry, let me go back. When I looked that up, um, I found those definitions, but the, actually the first thing that I found on Google was uh, the first result was for a furniture blog discussing bathroom fixtures. <laughs> and so I clicked on it just out of curiosity. And, and actually they had something here and I liked how they described it. So I am including it here, uh, even though this is no means a biblical <laughs> source. Um, but I thought it kind of helped visualize what I was seeing. This is what they had to say. Uh, burnished brass is a brass, brass finish that most closely resembles polished brass. It is a warm metal, polished until it is bright and gleaming, with a rich golden color. Burnished brass is shiny, but without being too ostentatious. So just from my English, I am seeing the feet have been rubbed so clean that they have been polished and they have become golden and shiny. They are bright and gleaming. Uh, the third meaning from the English dictionary said to make more impressive. 
So what started out as the feet of, say, a human man are now made more impressive in this glorified state. Feet are what support us. And these feet that we're talking about today, these are strong feet. These feet will support him through all of his work, which I thought was interesting. And, I, and as always, I do like to look at the meaning of the words that they used in the Greek or the Hebrew, if possible. Uh, so I started with Strong's Concordance. The King James Version states fine brass, and that phrase is Strong's Concordance in the Greek, 5474. And this is where we always have to apologize because I'm going to butcher this. But it's the word is call kol ibn on. Sorry, let me try again. Call kol ibn on. And I'm so sorry I butchered that. I know I did. But the definition for that means uh, fine copper, bronze, or brass, burnished brass. So here we have another example of a word or phrase meaning exactly what it states. However, I did find this interesting. One of the root words in strongest concordance is 3030, and this one is lib ad os, so libanos. And the definition for this was the frankincense tree. Huh. And so I found that interesting. Okay, the usage is frankincense or incense. Now, frankincense associated with fine brass was curious, so I wanted to look into that further. And I think I found an idea of why uh, in the Hebrew. Strong's Concordance in the Hebrew, number 3828. This one is Lebonah, pretty close. And this states that uh, uh, it is, it's frankincense as from its whiteness or perhaps that of its smoke. So from its whiteness or perhaps that of its smoke. So when burning it, it has a glow. And when we paired that with the other word origin for ib anon, which just means brass, you have a shining or glowing brass. Okay. Which, all of that was just a lot to explain that these feet are shiny. <laughs> but still, I found all of these conclusions interesting, so I wanted to share them with you guys. I don't want to interrupt, uh, uh, keep going with this, but this is, um, I've been reviewing my Genesis, old Genesis podcast to see if there's things where I've, uh, that new things has jumped out at me, stuff like that. And I just ended, uh, with talking about the serpent shall bruise his heel. And some new things were jumping out at me that now you just bringing this up is bringing up a whole new thing, and I might talk about it later. I might bring it up, but I don't want to interrupt you now. I just want to throw that out there. I want to see where you're going, because this is this is like it's blowing my mind how connected this is for me and the the timing of it all. Sure. So so go ahead. Okay. Well, I don't know if I don't know if we're going to be on par with this or not, but when I think about these feet and they're shiny. And they've got a golden aura to them. Um, and like I just kind of mentioned a moment ago, uh, these feet are strong and they are going to enable him to complete all of his work. Uh, the, in, in ancient times, the feet were considered to be very, very important. Uh, when it came to grooming, you took care of your feet because you needed your feet to support you through all of your work. If you, couldn't, if you didn't have feet that could get you through your work, then you might literally not survive. You may not be able to get food, whatever. So here we have what started out as a man, human man feet, and then he was glorified, and now he's now he's now he's the glorified judge. So I see these feet here, and they actually kind of remind me of uh, way back in Exodus, uh, the mountain with the with the the, the lightning. And the and and the and the fire and the just the the, uh -huh. the, the chaos of that situation that frightened yeah. the Israelites. Uh -huh. And so, when you you look at these feet in two different ways, one, if you're saved, if Jesus is uh, your loved one, if it, it, you can look at these and just 
know that they are strong, they're supportive. He has the power, the might, the capability. If you're an enemy, you look at those feet and you know that you're ter- you could be terrified to know that those feet are strong and powerful enough to trample you. And I just, I see it from both ways. I see the, the you know, the awe-inspiring of, wow, but also the terrifying of, oh, he really can crush me, uh-huh. you know. Um, but no, really, that's, in this one, this pop, this study is going to be mostly just thoughts and discussion because I won't have any strong conclusions other than um, that's kind of where I, I saw this, just that, just that, that we're, we're seeing a human foot is not that impressive by itself, but a glorified, uh, shiny, bright, golden hue of a strong, almost metal-like foot. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of, that's about all where I went with that. Did you have... What, do you more, do have more about that? No, that's, about, okay. that's about where I went with that. Well, what I was, what hit me just now, the, the fact that you brought this up right here, uh, was that, um, the, the fact that, uh, in that prophecy in Genesis, uh, when, when Adam and Eve have sinned and, and God is laying out his judgments and he says that, uh, the seed of woman shall crush the head of the serpent, but the serpent shall bite the heel. And I talked about how Satan attacks God at his peace. Uh, love, joy, peace. And I'm trying, I don't want to rehash the whole thing right now, uh, but but love, joy, peace. Uh, in, in Ephesians, it talks about the armor of God and our feet are shod with peace. Peace covers the feet, and we need that peace on in order to to walk, like you said, in order to accomplish what we need to do uh, to move. The feet are so important uh, to get to where you're going to to, like you said, you know, if you don't have good feet, you might you might starve, you might you might die, not being able to accomplish what needs to be done. Right. Uh, especially back in those days, and. <clears throat> I'm seeing this is in Revelation. Uh, we talked about at that time his feet. Jesus is the head of his body. So Satan attacks him in his body. He attacks him at the lowest spot, that his feet. He attacks him at his peace. And he's attacking us, the body of Christ, uh, and, and, caught, and taking Jesus' peace from him. Because we were talking about how he must be uh, he can't be at rest right. while this conflict is going on. Well, now we're in Revelation. We're at a time where he's coming back as the king and the conqueror. And his feet are shiny and holy and burnished. They've been polished. Uh, I'm seeing personally a, 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 a vision of this is, this is the tribulation making a perfect spotless bride. I'm seeing all of that connected. I'm seeing this is a picture of Jesus at the very end and his feet are shining. And you can, I mean, I think of it, it's, it's, it's as if burnished brass. It's not right. burnished brass. Exactly. But I get this feeling like now the snake goes to bite and ting, you know, and it doesn't penetrate. And, and it, it's, you know, you're too late. Now I see the crushing of the head of the serpent with the feet. Now I see this is a point where his body has become glorified. His body has become refined, like it's been through the furnace. Right. And it's come out whole and shining and pure. Uh, and and I, I was just, I was just on, I was just rehashing and things were jumping out at me. New things were jumping out at me about the feet and that all of the, all that it's saying about that. And you had to enter with this. <laughs> yes, I had to. But yeah, I this I'm getting this image of Jesus as the the returning conquering king in Revelation, and now his feet are 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 pure. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. And, and 
there, there, and there's, and like we said before, there's not one interpretation. There's not one definition. It means so many things. At the feet of Jesus Himself, but but looking at it as the feet representing the body of Christ and us, yeah, I'm seeing that as as we've been perfected at this point, uh, at at the point that that He's going to take John to in this this end of days revelation, right? And I know this is not what's happening, but it's almost like a like a nina 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 because you know you got my hill, but now look at me. Uh -huh. You know, now I've come back and you can't, you got nothing. Uh -huh. You know, it's your time is done. You yeah. got, you got, you got your chance, but it, you're, you're done. So no, I, I yeah, I, I, I love that. And I love when those are, those connections happen. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I also, I don't want to just glance over it because I'm trying to paint the picture. So, you know, I, I, we're, we're seeing those feet. And I just want to consider that, that just that power. He can do all of his work. His feet will never fail him. And that's another thing that just hit me right here. And I have to go back over each piece. But so far, we've had his eyes are like fire, his hair white like wool. Now he has this sash or this band covering him, the clothing uh, over his chest. So we'd have to deal with that. Uh, and even you're talking, you're going, you're about to get to his voice, mm -hmm. sound of many waters. But everything about his body that is being described right here, this is the only one that has nothing to do with his head. Everything else is his hair, his eyes, his mouth. This is it specifically points out his feet. True. Everything else is about the head of Jesus. Right. I I hadn't thought of that either. And way back in, uh, way back, uh, the, the, the first um, study with this, I had this image in my head because we were describing the face uh -huh. and the eyes and, and all that. And in, in my mind, I was almost picturing like a flame on a candle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And now we have the feet are like brass, they're like metal. So you have the support of the candle. You know, so yeah. say the white gown uh -huh. yeah. is the, the actual candlestick, and mm -hmm. then the face is the flame on the candle. I mean, I still kind of see that um, in this in, in, in this uh, uh, interpretation, but that's just something that I see when I, when, I, when I, I don't know if that's exactly a comparison that should yeah. be made or not, but that's what I, I see. That, absolutely. I see the brass of the, of what's, you know, the, the, and the candlestick is sitting on that, uh -huh. and then the the head is doing the is doing the flame, yeah. Um, you know, so there might be some truth to that. Um, but you're right. You say way back when, and it feels <laughs> weird to like. Literally, we recorded it months ago, but when you listen to these on the podcast, it feels like no, that was. And when you go in order, you know, okay, we move to one to the next. It feels like well, it was just a few minutes ago that you said that, right? Right. You know, it's like <laughs> well, I mean, we filmed those ones. Uh, about a year ago, uh -huh. and then um, I only recently put them out because I had intended this to be like a just a package that would come out together. Right. But then I was like, well, if I keep doing that, I'm never going to just get them out there, and I want them out there. I feel like it's important, so so I uh, I put those other two out. So and that was only like a, about a month ago. Yeah. So, yeah. But even even then. If someone was listening to them, like, if they listen to these tomorrow, they can just do them one after yeah. another. Just the timing feels weird. And actually, there's probably something there to be an analogy of God being outside of time and all that type of thing. But anyway, I, I, I'll uh, well, we've discussed knock it. it off track. You, you keep going. <laughs> well, we discussed it in a conversation one time that, you know, what we're doing right now may not, it may not provide any fruit. But then 20 years from now, someone, you know, might pick yeah. it up somehow, some way. Because once it's out there, it's out there. And uh, it might produce something then. So, I mean, there's always, you know, God's timing is is uh, not our timing, but his timing is perfect. So, but yeah, uh, we're going to move on to uh, his voice as the sound of many waters. Yeah. Now, previously in this, in this uh, chapter, uh, not too many verses back, John described the voice as if a trumpet. But now it's described as the sound of many waters. And so this was intriguing to me. 
And uh, before I began to look anything up, I, I just wanted to consider that. And I had this thought. So the trumpet was used as a warning call. Uh, sound the alert. So for starters, I'm thinking the trump trumpet word was used first just in order to get our attention. Sound the alert. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, now we're going to go on to many waters. And that's just being used to explain the power behind the voice. So, hey, alert, alert. And now we're actually focusing on the voice. We're going to understand the power behind the voice. Um, I also thought of it as he will be and must be heard. The sound of many waters can be heard from far away. Mm -hmm. They can be definitely heard close by. You cannot escape the sound. Yeah. And so also this thought popped into my head at that time. And it may not be what's going on here, but when people have gotten physically lost, say like in the wooden area, the sound of water can be a very exciting because it can be used as a guide to find their way. And spiritually, the same thing is happening here. If we have lost our way, the sound of Jesus's voice can be very exciting. I know this from personal experience. It's the best guide to get us back on our way. You know, so, and, and then of course, also to note, water, of course, is used in scripture, um, through all throughout scripture to point to Jesus, to point to salvation. Uh, how many times in Genesis alone have we've discussed, yes. uh, you know, the water. In fact, what you're talking about just made me think, going back to Genesis. Now we've talked about Genesis is in Revelation, Revelation is in Genesis. The very beginning when he's talking about uh, the land and the seas, and, and, and uh, I don't remember the Hebrew word, I'm not there, but uh, I do remember the word for seas came from a word that meant roar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Because it, it talked about like the roar of the, the, the surf hitting the shore. And, and now we're talking about his voice as the sound of many waters. And the connection to this, this you know, many waters, just the very word meaning roar. Uh, I, I, it's cool. All of this, the, the interconnectedness that we don't catch on a surface level. Right. And a yeah. roar... You know, in my mind, roar represents that power. You know, mm -hmm. it can be terrifying. You hear a roar from, and you know, you hear that before you even see anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that could be terrifying. Yeah. You know, so uh, roar, powerful. So we sounded the alert first. You know, pay attention, but then it just continues with the power. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted, as always, I want to look these up and figure out uh, more if I can. So the first word uh, that stood out to me here was uh, voice, but I have studied this before, so I'm not going to spend too much more time on it, but I'll quickly re remind us all. It's Strong's Concordance 5456, and this was that one that I appreciated because it was, it's phoné, but the spelling without the, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank, what do you call the, um, uh, what do you call Italics? it? Italics? Yes, thank you. Okay. Um, it looks like phone. Right. You know, and so I, I just find that funny. But the definition of that was a voice and also sound. So its usage is a sound, noise, voice, language, dialect. And then uh, uh, some translations include blast, cry, language, languages, outcry, sound, sounds, a statement, a tone, utterance, utterances, voice, and voices. But if we remember the root of uh, that word, and it's not, it's not definite, uh, Strong's Accordance says most likely, probably, the root word is actually 5346, which is feimi, and that's to declare, say. Its usage is I say, I declare. And then there was a word study helper with that one, and it said, uh, properly bring to light by asserting one statement, hmm. a point of view, over another, uh, making effective contrasts which illuminate. So literally, produce 
um, an epiphany. Okay. And so I really like this word study here. Uh, the voice of many waters is literally producing an epiphany. Uh, the voice of many waters is bringing to light the unveiling of Jesus. The voice of many waters is asserting his one statement over all the others. So, I mean, we can take from that whatever we want to, but to me, it's just more evidence that this upcoming message uh, about our Savior is one of the most important statements that will ever be said. Yeah. Um, and I apologize. If people, I, I realize I've done this several times, if people watching this see me do this, um, I had a, a migraine today. <laughs> and I'm feeling much, much better, but my body afterwards, um, I always feel kind of like weak um, and even a little nauseated and stuff. So I apologize. You're, I, I, I keep doing this. I'm not like trying to avoid anybody or, or anything <laughs> like that. I'm just myself, subconsciously, I'm, I'm feeling not so great. Um, <laughs> not going, don't look at me. <laughs> yeah, please don't look at me. <laughs> I mean, I do think that sometimes, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. I've never been fully comfortable um, uh, with this because it's not naturally something that I, I, I love the study and I love the sharing of it. But being the center of attention is not something I like I know. that I really am a fan of. Um, You're the one that wanted to put a, <laughs> wanted to put a camera on this. I, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm guilty. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, uh, let's move on to the word sound. Um, and at the time that I was studying this, um, I, I, I use my uh, Strong's Concordance. And, and so I, I, I go back to find the word and then I find the number and then I flip it back and I start reading it and I go, wait, I just did that. It's literally phone A. It's the word we just did. Uh, so that word means voice and sound. Um, but that created an interesting thought in my head. So I decided to reread this verse a few different ways, since the word can mean voice and sound. And I did his sound as the sound of many waters, his sound as the voice of many waters. But then my favorite one was his voice as the voice of many waters. And I don't know why I like that so much, but I, I do think that gives credit to that uh to that idea that when the bible repeats something you know this is a hey yeah. stop consider pay attention uh, so you know we have his voice as the voice of many waters stop consider it pay attention yeah um so what why is this important well i mean it's important for so many ways for so many reasons um but I think I think this is important for one part. His voice is so, his voice is so important that the word used could be translated in this way to bring emphasis to just how important. And the thing is, we won't actually know what the voice is saying for two more verses. Yeah. So I just I kind of found that interesting too. Um, even though I know what the voice is going to say right now. When I was when I was in this moment of my study, I just felt an anticipation. You know that's important to say too, because um, a lot of times in the Bible we will just hear the message, or 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 like we talked about in Genesis. Genesis one just said, "Here's the order." Now we're going to go back and give more detail about it. Right. It's almost like here he's saying, "I'm going to give you the detail first, then I'm going to give you the message." Because because you're right. To John, he's already heard the message. Yeah, you know, what's being spoken, he's hearing. But he decides it's more important right now yes. to explain the emotion and the feeling and the power before the message. I, how many times in the Bible does it just give the message and then it's like it goes back and say, this came to me as if it were a voice of many waters or something like that. Um, no, he puts that part first right you know met e e the message itself which you think is the important part it's like no it it comes second to this and that that's a powerful thing yeah yeah that's, and so 
when I caught that, it was like, okay, I gotta stop, I gotta pay attention, I gotta try to figure this out. Um, and the the thing that <laughs> the thing that kind of caught me, I, I don't know if this is what John was doing, but I already know because I've read Revelation a couple times, um, more than a couple times, but I read it. I know what he's gonna say. But for the first time, I'm stopping, I'm paying attention, and I have an anticipation. Mm -hmm. I know what he's going to say, but I don't, I haven't done this. I haven't done the, I haven't dug, you know, dug deeper. So right now, in, in this moment of my study, I just stopped and went, oh my goodness, there's an anticipation. Mm -hmm. There's an excitement of what am I going to find? What have I never seen before? Uh, and so I'm not saying that's what John was doing here, um, but maybe he was just for me, because <laughs> that's how they do these things. Um, but uh, uh, what am I going to find when I dive deeper? And then, then you know, I want to jump ahead, and so I have to, I have to slow myself down um, and finish what I've started. Uh, but that's that's what I got from that. This, the, the, we need to stop. We need to pay attention. There's something important here. Even if I don't have a conclusion or fully understand why, I do feel it's important that, like, I don't ever want to move too fast. Consider the feet. Now consider why is this important. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's my only <laughs> uh, recommendation. Um, but uh, yeah, but the words for many and waters. Uh, mean exactly what they say, so I didn't dwell on Strong's Concordance too much for this one, um, but I wanted to share a personal experience that I had recently. Um, kind of cool, the timing of all of this. Um, but I live close to uh, Sailorville Lake, which is a reservoir here in Iowa, and uh, there's a spot you can go to where they have a dam, and the water comes shooting through, uh, it comes rushing out in, in just great force, so much force that I feel bad for the poor fishes because sometimes you'll see them come <laughs> shooting out and they'll flip-flop until they figure out what's going on. Uh, not important, but but uh, um, it was it was uh, last weekend. Uh, my father-in-law, um, he's returned. He lived. He grew up in Iowa, especially the area that we're in here, and uh, then he's been away for. He's been back, but he's been away for decades, and. Uh, Recently moved back, and this is now he's going to retire here. He's, this is where he will spend the rest of his life, he, where he grew up. Um, but he's been back for a little while now, and he's been kind of wanting to go and, and see people and do things. And one of the things he wanted to do was to go to the dam, because he did that when he was a kid. And, and so I wasn't thinking about it at the time, but I was just like, oh, yeah, I, I want to go. I'll go with you. And I'd been there a few times in my life, too. Um, but we go there, and uh, uh, I get there, and I realize, oh, man, right now, the spot that I had, I was typing all of this up, and the spot that I had stopped at was many waters. And so, yeah, I, so I'm at this banister, I'm watching the water come f flying out, I'm feeling bad for the poor fishes, and then I had to stop for a moment. And I had to thank God on the spot because I cannot think of a time where I had a hands-on Bible study moment. And, and that, that's what this was going to be. So I stopped and I considered what was going on here. Um, it was not a moment that was planned. It was all one of these coincidences things, which to me I call those a God wink. Um, that's just my f fun little way of saying, you know, this is, this is something from God. It's cool. I love it when he does that. It's in a weird way. It's like, I mean, I don't know this personally because I didn't have a father growing up, but it's like when your father is giving you attention, you know, you feel good. You feel special. You know, look at me, look at me, look at me. And then when he does look at you, yay, you know, and a God wink moment for me is like that. Father is got eyes on me. He's paying attention. And, you know, and every, every God wink moment I've had has been, Wonderful. And if we have a conversation today, I have one of those I want to talk about. But, uh, but so anyway, I'm, I'm at this banister and and I'm watching I'm watching this uh, the, the water come out. And even though my father-in-law is standing right next to me, um, I mean right next to me, the first thing I notice is we have to shout 
to be heard over the water. The water yeah. comes crashing out and it hits the water at a lower level and, 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 and the water that's down here like almost tries to push back. Like it's so like crashing into each other and it's just loud. And uh, so that was the first thought. Okay, uh, I, right, it proves it must be heard. Uh-huh. It must be heard over anything else. If I have to shout to my father-in-law to try to get over the sound of this, then obviously the sound of this is must be heard. It's important. Um, and then... Yeah, so... Okay, so yeah, that proves my statement earlier true, at least in my opinion, but even more than just understanding the sound of it, I was actually more taken aback with just the studying it with it with my eyes. And I noticed some things. Um, watching the waves of the water crash into each other and go back and forth, creating you know these incredible waves that shoot up, it, it, it occurred to me that it doesn't matter how great of an athlete you are, how strong you are, in that situation, you will be overcome. There's, yeah. You, you, you cannot beat this. There's, there's no way. And uh, so, I mean, that, that thought right there kind of, you know, it, 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 made, me hum- it made me humble. Um, so I'm thinking about this voice and it's powerful and loud, cannot be overcome no matter what you do. First thing that popped in my head was how humble would I feel? How small would I feel? How insignificant would I feel by this crushing, this crushing impact? Um, but then after that, you know, it had the ability to humble me on the spot. But as I was watching it, the longer I went on, I realized it's it's just impressive. It's awe-inspiring. So the voice is impressive. It's awe-inspiring. You know, this awe-inspiring voice that it's the most awe-inspiring voice that will ever be heard. And that was one of those moments where I have to stop and I have to think about it. I have to think about the voice of God in all of his glory. And that's where more humbling comes in because it should crush me. I should be crushed by this. And so I got to thinking about it in this way. The voice comes crashing over us, comes crashing over you. It has the ability to completely overtake you. You are completely helpless. You can't do anything to stop it. You hear the sound of it before you comprehend the words. You you hear the roar of it before you actually comprehend what it's saying. And I I got to think about the the, the panic that you might feel in such a situation. Mm -hmm. In two verses, John is going to state that he fell at his feet as if dead. From the voice, from the appearance, from all of it, it was overwhelming. But then you start to comprehend the words. You hear the roar, but now you've humbled yourself and you start to actually comprehend the words. And this is where the panic for me gives way and the impressive and the awe-inspiring comes out. Because the first thing the voice does is reassure you. Yeah. Do not be afraid. And that just really hit me. That hit me really hard. Um, and, th- and this happens to me a lot where I get convicted and, 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 and uh, I find myself feeling that, that weight of that debt. that We've talked about this before. That weight of that debt that I can never pay back. There's no way. And I deserve it. I know I deserve it. But he's saying... Do not be afraid. And I mean, when, when God himself commands you, yeah. do not be afraid. Relief. Utter and complete relief is, is what, I, what I feel. Um, 
and, and so that got me thinking too then, okay, I'm not going to be crushed after all, even though I deserve it. How can anyone in that situation that has come to that realization at this moment not feel a greater appreciation of the glory of our God? It's his right. Mm -hmm. It's his will. And it's his ability to crush us. But instead, do not be afraid. Um, and then, of course, those thoughts, those are, that reminds me of, of, of Proverbs. Um, I mean, most people know this one. Uh, Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So I apologize. This is a, this is a moment where I'm going to go into a little bit of a testimony, I suppose. Uh, but this is something that I've been convicted of as of late and for most of, most of my Christian journey. Personally, I feel like I have been focusing a little too much on my understanding. And I've not been letting knowledge of the holy lead me to understanding. If that makes sense. Just so, to me. So my time at the dam, and then also being in this part of my study, I've been trying harder to just let God work on me. To let him work on my knowledge. Because I realized that was a place where I was actually weak. I know this stuff. And I felt good about that. But I don't really know this stuff because I was falling back on my knowledge, not God's knowledge of what yeah. he wanted me to understand. And so here I am at the dam. This all pops into my head. And then today, this, this continues, this, these thoughts continue. And, and, uh, and, I, and I, I just got this idea in my head that I need to go back to what I just read. And I need to go back and remember the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I had to remember that truth, that he can crush me and he has the right to do so. And that it's a, that's also a truth that does make me feel the awe of him. And it helps me to respect him. And then my love for him is greater when he reassures me of his love for me. And that's where I, that's the part where I can't help but be so impressed by him. But I had this one final thought, and then Scott, if you have anything else, we can talk about it. But if, if we remember Exodus, I kind of talked about it a little bit ago. God speaks directly to the Israelites. Mm -hmm. And when he does, the Israelites become terrified. Mm -hmm. And they ask Moses to not allow God to speak to them again. And instead, they ask Moses, you speak to us on God's behalf. Because mm -hmm. I was terrified. Yeah. You know. Moses comforts the Israelites right after that and tells them, do not fear, for Yahweh has come to prove you, and in order that his fear be before you, so that you do not sin. Right. Well, afterwards they go on to sin. And I got to thinking about it. You know, I'm an Israelite. I... Have had the fear of the Lord, but I have gone on to sin. I have had moments where I have considered, where I've been tempted and have considered sin. And in those moments, I have considered how angry or disappointed will God be with me. And I went on to sin. I did it anyway. Each and every single time, I have felt horrible afterwards. Absolutely horrible. I had been so disgusted with myself. But I got startled with this question while I'm considering all this. Do I have the fear of the Lord then? If I continue, if I go on to sin, even though I consider it, do I have the fear of the Lord? Every time that I have done this, 
I have felt as if I have damaged my relationship with God. And then I find myself feeling the fear. I have damaged my relationship and now he, he can crush me. He can, mm -hmm. he can do with what he wants with my soul. But then, even after all of that, the voice comes back to me at some point and says, do not be afraid. And I'm calm again. And I know that I, that I am forgiven. And I know that I'm not going to be crushed. And my salvation is still intact. It's not gone. But I don't want to be that person. I... I, so I'm struggling with this, mm -hmm. and I had to I had to ask God help me figure this out because I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want this circle. I don't want the fear to come at the end. Right. And that's when uh, the voice and and I, I I say this in a little bit, but it's actually probably more important here. I make my journey much harder than it needs to be. I make my journey so much more. I, I make my relationship chasing so much harder than it needs to be. Yeah. Because we all do. God said, Brad, you have all these resources. What does fear mean? And so I had to look into it. And so Strong's Concordance in the Hebrew, 3374, and I think this one's Yerach, and it means a fear. And uh, some of the translations are awesome, extremely fear, fearing, and reverence. And so I looked at that and I'm like, well, that doesn't tell me anything. Fear, 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 reverence. And reverence stood out to me. So I went down that rabbit hole. 7812 in Strong's Concordance Hebrew. Uh, this one is Shakha. This is reverence, and it mean, the definition is to bow down. And now I thought, okay, I'm getting somewhere. <laughs> I'm getting somewhere. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read the, all these possible translations. The definition is to bow down, but all of these possible translations: bow, bow ourselves down, bow yourselves down, bow down, bowed in worship, bowed themselves down, bowing. Did homage, down in homage, homage, lie down, paid homage, prostate, prostated, uh, weighs it down, worship, worshipped, worshipping, and worships. Mm -hmm. And then the exhaustive concordance, bow self down, crouch, fall down, flat, humbly beseech, do reverence, worship. And then, um, can I jump in? Yes, please. Um, that's, uh, th this hit me a while ago. Uh, the, but praise and worship. This is praise. This is worship. Uh, and, and they're both needed. This, this comes, this comes back to a point we've both made several times is you need to understand how worthless you are and how much worth you have at the same time right and that's what this is all about and that's what that's that's the problem that i see that you talk about you're falling into that that i fall into that i think everyone does fear is I, and i love awesome was one of your definitions yeah fear of god it, fear itself is recognition of and respect for something that is greater than you. And God is the ultimate. He deserves our fear more than anything. We need fear God. He's the only thing that deserves to be feared because he's the most awesome. Right. A lot of times the Bible talks about how God is terrible. And we think of that word as meaning lousy, horrible, bad. No, it just means what the word they're going for the definition it means awesome it means it's talking about how just incredibly powerful and magnificent he is that we look and go ah you know how how just like in revelation here you know john 
falls at his feet as dead when he sees this vision of who God is. The glory of God is so awesome and so overwhelming that it causes us to realize how low we are in his sight. Now, what God has done is the very first thing he's done is do not be afraid and reach out and calm us and lift us up to him. Fear is the beginning of wisdom. It's not the end result. Right. Love is the end result. When we realize how awesome and overpowering and he could crush us like an ant, that's fear. And then when he uses that power to say, lift us up and hug us and say, no, 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 no. I'm here for you. I love you. I gave my life for you. And to realize that that Godhood is here for us, then we go, wow, this is wonderful. And then sometimes I think we have a tendency to go all the way that way. And God loves us so much and get lost in the love and forget the fear. He still needs to be feared. That fear doesn't need to go away. It just it needs to be encompassed. We've talked about it many times. You can't know him as true love until you understand the fear. Right. Uh, because you will not respect the love. You won't get a true appreciation for the love that you have from someone who could just annihilate you with a thought, with a breath, with whatever. Uh, if you get a cure, but you don't even know you're sick, you don't appreciate the cure. Yeah. If you know you're sick and you're, you're no, have no hope. And then you're cured. You appreciate this, the cure. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's a problem a lot of us have is we start with that fear. We start with that weeping, that recognition. He loves us. We go into the love and we leave the fear behind. Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't. We should always keep the fear is a daily. I, I submit to you. Fear is worship. Fear is bow down. Fear is not terrified running uh, because the, the monster is going to kill us. I mean, we think of fear, you know, as a, as a horror movie kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, fear is respect. Fear is acknowledged. <laughs> it, it really is. It, that, it, that's where I'm going to go. Okay. But, but that's, that's what it is. Fear is, it's like you've talked about before, your, your love of being a slave. For someone who absolutely loves you more than anything, it's a wonderful thing to be in that position, but you are a slave. Right. Which means he's the master, and whatever he says goes. And if we get to that point where we're like, nah, he loves us, we can do whatever we want, and running and, and doing our own thing, that's when we lost the fear. We've lost the recognition that he demands our respect and our submission and our worship, our bowing down at his feet. If he chooses to lift us up, that's awesome. That's what love is. But we need to continually bow. And when we stand up on our own power and we say, that, that's not important anymore, that's, I think, where... We get to that point where we're like, now he has to humble us again. Now we're crying again. We're back at that fear at the end instead of the beginning, like you talked about. Right. And we're going, why Why did this happen? Where right. is this circle? Because we didn't stay there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, I, I think I make this whole relationship thing much harder than it has to be because I had to go through all of this. Just to, and a lot of people are right now are going to go, no duh, Brad, no <laughs> duh. <laughs> Thank you. And, and, and maybe take a moment to be thankful that you got that far <laughs> quicker than I did. But, but, uh, the temptation of sin comes, then that's when the, that's when the worship has to start. Uh, yeah, that's when we have to give God the fear. We have to give God the respect. Uh, that you just mentioned too. And I have been preaching this for years now. Give God respect. And the, uh, the answer was oblivious to me um, until, yeah. until I really started sitting down and thinking about it. Until God helped me with this. And I, I just want to take a moment to, to, to thank God because 
I feel like there has been some real transitioning in my relationship. I went a long time and didn't actually hear a voice. You know, people would talk about, I, I watch so many people on YouTube that have conversations with God. They hear his voice. Mm -hmm. And, and I had had moments where I was in my God week moments as I was talking about where I go, Oh, he's, his attention is on me right this moment. But they were far and in between. It wasn't a continuous thing, but lately there has been, there's been vo a voice. I, in the conversation, we talked about that dream. That was one of the times the voice, but even here, Brad, you got to know what fear is. And, and, and dawned on me i have all of these resources why am i not using them <laughs> um so i just i just want to thank god that he's doing what i asked him to do he's he's continuing to work on me because i'm i'm not i'm never going to be there <laughs> I, I can't do it myself uh and he's he's helping me and that was something that i prayed for and i asked for and when you see it when you see it you can't just you just you want to shout it out and it's not a selfish thing. It's not a personal thing. I'm not wanting to make this about me, but I'm just wanting to say, thank you, God. And I want it to be a testimony to everyone else. It does, you know, when you're going through a relationship, it's not always, it's not always highs. There's a lot of lows in a relationship. Mm -hmm. and a lot of them are, as I'm finding out, as God is showing me, a lot of them are my own fault because <laughs> i am making this a lot harder than it needs to be um so i just yes thank you and if you are in a low in your relationship just i hope the testimony of this is there will be highs and uh you know you just got to work on it like any relationship relationship with your children relationship with your wife relationship with family friends you gotta put the time in it you gotta you gotta make it a priority um I'm sorry, I'm getting preachy now, um, so I'm going to stop that. But, but uh, so I, I got to, I, I, so I'm looking at that verse again, the fear of the Lord, and I'm and I'm changing it in my head a little bit. So it's it's the reverence of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The respecting of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm -hmm. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All of these things and more. And that's just the beginning. That's always, like you said, that's just the beginning. It's not the ending. But the ending is always, you know, we, we, we put so much time and thought into this ending, into this revelation, into what's going to happen. And we look for all the signs and, and, and we consider all the prophecies and all of these things. But the ending, the love that will go on forever and ever, as we discussed, I mean, that's got to be what we actually are focused on. You know, we, yes, great. The prophecies are happening. Yeah, oh no, we're horrible tribulation. It's happening. Oh no, the pressure. But we got to remember why. It's because of that love that we'll have forever and ever. And so that's anyway. That's where I'm going. But I apologize if that was a yeah, no duh, Brad moment for you. Um, but I hope I hope that somewhere, even if it just helped one person then that's it did what it needed to do um but anyway uh that's what i got for this one scott if you got any more thoughts we can talk about them um and, and, I, and I just no. all apologize as i've said multiple times this was supposed to be a three-part podcast uh <laughs> but we will we will next uh, time get into verse 16 and that will kind of be the the ending of the appearance of jesus as we continue on to what, what the rest of the chapter has and then uh Pretty soon, pretty soon, but whenever it happens, uh, the, the letters to the churches and, and I mean, there's so much, so much meat to get through. <laughs> um, and, I, and I'm looking forward to it. I hope everyone else is. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah, unless you have any other thoughts. Just uh, you talk about many waters. You know, I know there's many, many, many examples out there, but the first thought that hit me was Niagara Falls. Yeah. And uh, I just that, that that that's all really. It's just that's that's what hit me. Is just all the time you're talking about many waters. I was picturing that whole flood of water coming over and that that whole thing. Um, I for my actual studies, I don't normally use 
uh, Bible commentaries because I want it to kind of be my my study <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but I'm, I've been reading a Bible commentary um, just anyway, and that's just where I'm at. But as far as, as the many waters, it just had this one little simple sentence, and, 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 I, and I liked it, so I'm going to include it. But his gospel is an infinite stream. And I just like that. I just like that idea because we've, yeah. we've looked at that word infinite before, and 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 or, well, we looked at ever and ever, which also included infinite and all this other stuff, and uh, just his gospel will be the infinite stream, and it's such an easy, simple little sentence, but the truth of that has so much weight to it, especially when you consider that ever and ever that 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 will will we will celebrate. The mighty deed that you know he did and so but anyway um niagara falls the infinite stream many waters um i hope this has been a blessing for you um i pray that this has been a blessing for you um and i pray that this will be a continuing continuing blessing for anyone who needs it um but i just thank you for listening for watching us these two two amateur guys <laughs> doing yeah. the best they can um, but anyway this has been brad and this has been scott and this has been not about us